using the forest to bring people to Christ, the power and impact of outdoor ministry with Nick Yard from Camping and Retreat Ministry in the Indiana Annual Conference on episode number 43 of To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. When I was a junior in high school trying to decide, you know, what I was going to do with the rest of my life and everything, I wrote a, I wrote a note uh, that I still have today, and, and it was basically um, that I was going to use the resources of the forest to bring people to Christ. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. This is episode number 43. We're talking with Nick Yard, who is the Associate Director of Camping and Retreat Ministries in the Indiana Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. i got to say this is an episode that's really important and close to me because outdoor ministries is such an important part of my own personal faith development. I came to Christ in a church camp setting as an elementary age student and served in outdoor and camping ministries as a staff person and as a camp counselor and as a camper as well, of course, several occasions, and then also directing camps and sitting on the various uh, committees and boards that help to administrate that. So we're talking today, and Bishop Trimble and I are talking today not only about his experiences in camping, but we're talking today with Nick Yard, who is the director, uh, associate director of Camping and Outdoor Ministries and Retreat Ministries, Indiana Conference. He comes to us with a great background. He has a deep personal connection to outdoor ministries and camping. He's going to share that with us here today. He came to Christ as a camper himself, and he then sought out a career in uh, in natural resources. He got a degree from Purdue, and he we went on to have serve in natural resources capacities in various uh, co- uh, capacities in, the, in that regard, but then turned his eyes toward ministry, serving in youth ministry, and eventually into directing and managing church camps around Indiana and leading him now to this role in working with camping and retreat ministries. His wife, Nanette, has served alongside him all along the way in various roles, and he is our guest today. Now, let me also say this is this is part one of a two-part uh, episode with Nick Yard. In today's episode, we're going to be talking particularly about the impact and influence and the power of outdoor ministry 
hearing his story and the stories of how it's so important to faith development. And then episode 44, which is coming up uh, in a week or so after you hear this uh, episode, we're going to talk about the future of outdoor ministry and its place in the life of the church moving forward. So you don't want to miss that one as well. Also, just a reminder that as we're recording this, it's getting the camping, uh, outdoors and camping ministry season is now beginning to prepare for the spring and summer season. And retreat ministry goes around all year round. But certainly summer camp is coming up and churches need to be preparing for that to recruit and send their uh, children and youth to camp. And we're going to put some links to how you can be supportive of that and be about that here for connected to the Indiana Annual Conference. But wherever you're listening, connect up with your local outdoor ministries folks so you can get people involved with camping. So, so, so important. Uh, we're going to talk at length about that here today. Our guest on To Be Encouraged, episode number 43, Nick Yard. Let's get into that conversation right now. Bishop, would you help us welcome Nick Yard into our podcast today? Thank you, Nick, for your faithfulness uh, over the many years that you've been involved with outdoor ministries, and particularly these last several years during the this extended season of COVID, how you have to be, you have been innovative and adaptive, uh, but yet not giving up on the mission and ministry of outdoor ministries. I know it's been challenging for you and some some tough days, uh, particularly, you know, having to, you know, lose and let go staff and that kind of thing, and then kind of rebuild the ministries. So uh, you have been uh, obviously uh, in the prayers of many, including your bishop here. So I just wanted to say thank you for carving out some time to to lift up your, your ministry, God's ministry being done through you and others. Thank you, Bishop. I'm really glad to be here. Indeed, Nick, we are glad to have you with us. And one of the things that Bishop and I love to do is hear hear faith stories, how people come to faith in the first place, and then how that's led them then to what they're doing now in uh, in ministry. We hear lots of great stories. We'd love to hear your story, Nick, how you came to know Jesus Christ in the first place and how that led you to outdoor ministries. Yeah, so uh, I actually grew up in Indiana. I grew up, uh, up uh, near Auburn, Indiana. Uh, attended church there. I attended church really my whole life. It really, my first experience with uh, United Methodist Church, though, was actually as a uh, a senior in high school. And so uh, that that's uh, that's really where I had my introduction to, to the United Methodist Church, but uh, my introduction to the church. I was actually a junior high kid when, uh, it, it's interesting because it was during a, a kind of a recommitment of part of our sanctuary at our church that I decided to make my my decision. I say interesting because usually the, the sanctuary and those kinds of things aren't really that that important to me in terms of my faith walk. I, I don't really, uh, um, you know, care a lot about where I worship. Obviously, I'm outdoor ministries. And so but it was at that at that uh, service, um, you know, we, we were raising a, a cross in our sanctuary and doing some other things. And, and I really felt a strong calling to uh, to really just give my life to Christ. And and uh, my mom recognized that prayed with me. Uh, so I remember that time clearly. Um, it was really uh, then, you know, in terms of my, my walk with Christ, when I was a junior in high school trying to decide, you know, what was going to do with the rest of my life and everything, I wrote a, I wrote a note uh, that I still have today. And, and it was basically um, that I was going to use the resources of the forest to bring people to Christ. 
And then that was going to be kind of the, the threat of my life. The, uh, and, and it has. Everything that I've done, I've, uh, whether I've worked in the state parks, I've worked for the Forest Service, I've worked at uh, lots of just different county parks and, and wildlife and forestry and logging. I've always used the, uh, the resources of the forest um, as a tool to bring people to Christ. And that's, that's kind of the thing that's always fit me. So that, that's kind of my, my story in a nutshell. Um, I got more involved in the United Methodist Church as I was a grad student. I, I was a grad student at Purdue University, and my wife and I uh, became the youth group leaders at Battleground United Methodist. And that was really kind of my first, um, my first taste of, of working with the church and working with churches. And, and so that really, uh, my, my wife was, was always kind of the camp person. She, she encouraged me early on um, from, from the time before we were married on to really consider uh, camp as a, as a profession. And uh, I thought camp people are a little too weird to, to think about doing that uh, long term. And so, uh, but, but that, that's really my, uh, it was a significant part of my, my faith story to, to just get a chance to work with the youth and, and really to see firsthand. I mean, it's one thing to, to go to camp and everything, but when you come back as a counselor, when you get a chance to take kids to camp, um, man, it really, it really solidifies for you the impact that those experiences have on students and how powerful they can be. And so that really kind of directed my life at that time, um, getting a chance to be at Pine Creek camp really close to Purdue there and, uh, and, and getting a chance to, to take students there initially really, really impacted um, the direction and, and my later turning to the camp ministry as a profession. Hmm. That's awesome because I believe for so many folks and Bishop, I think you'll agree with this for, so many folks camping in one form or another has been an integral part of a coming to faith story and a, a strengthening of faith story. I'll just speak to my story very briefly. Uh, I came to know Christ at, at church camp at what's now known as Camp Monito. Actually, back then it was known as Brown County Camp. And then yeah. I subsequently uh, went to camp all through elementary and junior high and high school and then end up being a, uh, on the camp staff as a counselor one summer as a college job and got married. My first marriage was at a church camp. And then I ended up uh, leading dozens of camps and retreats. And that's been an important part of my ministry and integral part of that. And my own children uh, came to Christ in church camp city. So it's very important to me personally. And I think that's a common sentiment among a lot of folks. And Bishop, can you speak to any uh, importance just before we get into it with Nick, any importance of a camp type setting in, in your life? Can you speak to that? Oh, certainly. Certainly. I went to, I went camping at, at Reynoldswood in Dixon, Illinois, which is a Methodist camp in the Northern Illinois conference over five decades ago, which means I guess I'm over 21 now. Uh, a little um, bit. I, I also, also experienced, I don't know if you're familiar, you, Nick, you probably are, Brad, with Young Life Ministries, Young yes. Life Urban. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I went to camp with Young Life, and I also went to United Methodist Camp. So I went went to Star Ranch in, in Colorado. I'm on the, I was an inner city kid from Chicago. And you've never been to the forest or never been to the, the national parks or anything. And went went mountain climbing and mud sliding and, you know, rope, rope bridges and so forth. So camping for me was uh, very important. And uh, I went camping too at the time. At the time, my, my father died. I was 13, I think, at the time. Second time I went to camp, right? Not long after, well, that that summer after he died in January. 
which was very a pivotal point for me and, and uh, one of my brothers because there's six of us and my my mother couldn't really afford to send us to camp of you know two boys to camp but the united methodist women united methodist men they had scholarships that they gave for kids to go to camp so camping is always i'm always been a champion i haven't been you know super involved like you guys uh but as a both as a pastor and as a district superintendent and then as a bishop i've had a chance to speak at speak at camps and um and our and our and our children had a chance to to have camping experience uh, uh, when I was a when I was a pastor, so I've been a strong advocate. And our two boys were in Scouts, and our daughter was a Girl Scout. So they all had they all had camp experiences through scouting. So um, I've just been a big advocate for that because that 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 even a few days away in camp is is like you know yeah. a month you, a month of Sunday school or whatever whatever they mean, say. You mentioned how Nick is such a great advocate of camping. What do you want to ask him about? outdoor ministries and camping in terms of uh, its impact on ministry and the church. Well, I'd, I'd love to, I'd, I don't, Nick, how long have you not, how long you've been doing this? I think it's been a few years, but, but, but the, in our previous, previous podcast, we talked about what was encouraging, what has been challenging. So what, what's the encouraging about outdoor ministries? Uh, what's been challenging? Uh, and, you know, how long have you been doing this and, and, and what did, does it, uh, Brad and I have testified how it's matter matters to us, and we're kind of old guys now. So, does this still matter to children and youth? Uh, you know, like it did when we were kids. Yeah, those are great questions. So, I'll start with uh, um, how long I've been doing it. I just went through my thirty-second summer, and so, uh, and that's uh, with United Methodist Camping as a paid staff person. So that doesn't include volunteer time or time that I was a youth pastor. So, so yeah, that's a while. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think in a lot of ways, the things that have been encouraging have been encouraging that whole time. So one of the, one of the reasons I'm, I got into camping was just the, 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 the obvious reality to me of, of the impact that it had. But as I saw, you know, I, cause I, I, I don't, I'm not one to live just by my own experiences. I want to know what other people think about it. And research has again and again, turned up the importance of camping, the camping experience, a mountaintop experience in the overall spiritual development of students and, and people in general. Um, Cause I, I know, you know, Bishop and, and Brad, you too, that, that, um, you know, that most of the people that are going to make a commitment to Christ are going to do it before they turn 18. All the data, there's been at least seven different uh, research projects nationally that, that, that have looked at that and looked at the, uh, the number and they all come up with a similar number. And, and uh, it is just, you know, it's that time of faith development for students and the time they set the, the tone uh, spiritually and, and morally for their entire life. And, and it really is a, a huge thing. So the encouraging part to me is, is that when I started in ministry, it was a very strong thing. And uh, the, the research proved it out. What continues to be encouraging to me is those percentages have, have continued to increase. So we, we think... You know, it's been a long time since I was a student. Does it still make the same difference? Just like you just had, asked, uh, Brad, does, does it still matter? Does it still making a difference? In every piece of research um, that's come out, and there'll be a couple more coming out in the next year or two, have shown that that, that percentage of people, so you take the whole population of Christians, uh, particularly in the United States, and you, you weigh that against the number of students that say, 
yes, camp was a significant part of why I became a Christian, and that percentage continues to increase. Likewise, the number of people that go into a ministry as a profession. Um, back in the uh, you know the 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 early days of studies and and the uh, you know what what a lot of people would would consider some of the landmark generations, the generation right preceding uh, and continuing through World War II. When you start with that uh, group, there was a significant number of of uh, clergy uh, people that made decisions at camp during that time, uh, and 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 it was really kind of astounding to people that so many so many clergy people at the time identified camp as one of the significant factors and in, in kind of steering them towards their profession. Well, what again? What has been encouraging is is uh, that percentage has increased with every subsequent generation. And so we're at in a place now that nearly 80% of everyone that goes into ministry identifies camp as at least one of the significant factors in them making that decision. There's nothing else even close. I mean, it's just astounding that, that camp has that kind of impact when, when really it kind of is a mountaintop experience. It's not something you do every week or, or, or even every year for a lot of people. Um, but it continues to be a huge factor in people making decisions. So hmm. to kind of finish that out, you asked me also for challenges. Uh, you know, it, it, the the challenges through the COVID time, you know, how do you uh, <laughs> how do you do a ministry that relies on large group gatherings to continue to do ministry during a pandemic? And uh, and and that has been a real challenge The the United Methodist Church, the Indiana Conference, supported the camping ministries through some some hard financial times. We usually raise a, a really significant percentage of our own budgets through through fees of those that come. And without ha- without having that, we really had to to make some tough decisions, as the bishop alluded to, and and really had some time. But the the annual conference uh, really stretched too to help us get through that that time. And so I guess that's an encouraging thing. The challenge now is is not just um, you know, recovering and being like we were, but how, you know, just like we've asked in every, every, every generation, how do you reach this generation and what does the camp ministry and that kind of mountaintop experience look like for them? And that's, that's really the challenge and what we continue to look at. Hmm. Is there any, uh, I, I was just thinking about this, Nick, in terms of the, um, proliferation of technology and the advancement of, you know, online platforms and communications. How do, uh, is there, is there a new adapting adaptability that's, that's facing camping relative, you know, people might say, well, I can actually go to camp virtually now. <laughs> you know, yeah. so do I do, do I need to physically actually, you know, go, go someplace or, you know, I have a pool in my community. I don't need, didn't need to go to a camp to swim in the pool. Uh, of course you, you can't you can't do uh, uh, canoeing in the in the in your pool, so you can't. There's still some some reason for that. As 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 the the dynamic, I guess the chat the, the the attractive things and options, particularly maybe more, I would say, children that have some means, but in communities, but not just those children. Uh, has there been a challenge of people still want to leave home, go away? and have the experience given the cost of camping and so forth. Yeah, I, I think you've kind of nailed it right there. It, it, all, all of that's true. Camp uh, has continued to, to prove to be useful. One of the things that we did during the pandemic and, and some of our 
some of our related uh, United Methodist camp centers in, in the throughout the denomination looked at uh, or tried different sorts of online camp experience to do camp uh, during the pandemic. Um, we had an opportunity because we were already working with a research agency to do some some study about what was really effective, what were the parts that were effective, and so they they kind of switched their uh, their research since we didn't have kids at camp. And uh, they looked for us. They did a lot of survey to kind of help direct us to what kids might do. Because one of the things we were working on, we're going to roll out was we were going to do an online camp. So what we learned from them in short was that 92% of our parents said, we are not sending our kids to one more electronic thing. They need to be somewhere real um, and and we're going to wait for it. And and that that panned out. We did not do, and we continued to try to communicate with parents and students and things. Uh, we tried to continue to, to work with the uh, youth leaders and, and, and ask what we could do, how it could help. Uh, but we didn't really run any kind of electronic um, or remote camp system. Uh, so, so what happened uh, over the last two years is the students have come back. And the younger the student, um, the, the stronger they've come back. So uh, our elementary attendance last year was well ahead of what it was in 2019. The, the, the downside to that is the... Uh, is the senior high. The older the kids get, the the less they're kind of um, working their way back. I think for us, for our ministry, and for the church as a whole, um, it was good to see the number of students at the elementary age coming back. And and for those reasons, the the wanting the real kind of hands-on stuff, wanting a, a live touch, wanting to pull away from electronics, and wanting real relationships. And those things are 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 critical to the to the faith process. And so. Um, to, to have that going has been very good, but, but trying to get the, the generations. Well, I, I know one of the things that have held some senior high students uh, and and in some of our volunteers from coming back has been they got behind in school. We had lots of staff people end up the people that were committed to come to summer um, and work on staff this last year. We had many of them, uh, almost a third of them, end up having to go to summer school. Um, to, to catch up their education and, and unable to, to, to go. So there's different dynamics. And, and uh, I, I think that uh, a lot of the, the things that we know of as camp, like, like you said, the, the swimming pool and the, and, and the worship times and everything are still critical and critical, critical ingredients. Um, there are other things for, for older students that we've got to continue to find. Um, and, and we may, we may have to, we may have to reach even harder to some of those particularly senior high students and say, how do we get them on staff or how do we get them on volunteer and, and things like that to, to do some of the things that, that they're looking for. So hope that answers the question. I just want to say I'm heartened by one thing I hear right now. I just got to want to interject this. And that is when you said that, uh, that parents are uh, really looking for the real life experience. You know, you just, you just can't do a campfire through a screen. You can't see the stars, <laughs> you know, the real yeah. stars through a, a screen or through your headphones or, or experience it through your headphones. You can kind of get a facsimile of that, but you can't have the real thing. And you can't have the interchange, you know, of talking to your somebody in your tent, you know, late at night about things that matter. Uh, you just can't have that electronically. And I'm so encouraged to hear parents are saying that. So I just yeah. want to interject, interject that. Uh, Bishop, what else do you want to ask uh, Nick about regarding uh, outdoor ministries? So where where are we now in terms of outdoor ministries? I know, uh, you know, you say we don't we don't avoid some of the challenging questions as well. You know, with the reality of disaffiliation and 
and just the shifting away often from uh, sometimes enthusiastic support for all of the institutions in society and related to the church. Sometimes there's a weakening of, uh, of support, but uh, I often I often say one of the correlations to, to the strength of outdoor ministries is our availability of scholarships and availability of, of people to actually work at the camp. So it's a totally different situation. When I was going to camp, a lot of times the pastors in summer, the pastors would volunteer for a week or two weeks to be camp counselors. You know, now with you know with some much more extensive background check and preparation, but you don't have you don't have camp staff in place where people just send all you have to do is just send your kids uh i think some of that's in place but a lot of it has to do with how do you have properly staffed and properly promoted and then properly supported camping ministry so that the children all children no one cannot go to camp i, I believe that in terms of indiana no child should not be able to go to camp because they couldn't pay but um Maybe you could speak to that, you know, given the challenges yeah. of sifting the way of, of different support for for institutions. And, and you know, my, my belief is that camps aren't just specifically for for, you know, a lot of the a lot of the revenue isn't just based from our, on our congregations. It's the use of the camps themselves in adult retreats as well. But, you know, scholarships and, you know, uh, the challenges of 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 disaffiliation uh and and actually camping being different you know than it was maybe brad and as you recall you know were pastors a lot of the pastors were, yes. were counselors during the summer kind of expected uh, in some regards wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead nick well, yeah. how do you want to respond to this yeah, yeah that was like so, eight, that yeah. was like eight questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot just there pick, and, pick two, pick two. about I said, yeah. just pick yeah. wherever you want to like, lean into that. Okay. Okay. Well, let me, let me start with um, uh, cost. Um, it's expensive to go to camp. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's getting more expensive all the time. You know, this time we saw some of our, on some of our menus, for, for instance, um, increases of 40% in what it costs to, uh, to feed kids for the week. That's, that's wow. real. I mean, that's just wow. real. There, there's no, there's no avoiding that. And so, how do we how do we care for, uh, support uh, students that that want to come? And 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 I guess the the answer that I have to that is the way we always have from the standpoint of a lot of our churches are very generous. We have churches that that raise a significant or all of the cost of camp um, to send kids, and and some of those uh, send way more kids than they have in their church. Um, occasionally, I get a church that. Uh, that reaches out and says, hey, we raised, you know, this much money in, in camp scholarships, which means we got, you know, $5,000 left over. Um, do you know of kids that need it? And <laughs> yeah, the answer is always yes, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's a that that's a, a significant thing. And again, our, our churches have been very generous and, and very uh, supportive in terms of getting kids to camp. Uh, there's still the vast majority of kids that come to camp still come for a fraction of what it actually costs. So right off the bat, and a lot of people don't recognize this uh, either, but right off the bat, and it says this in some of our registration stuff, if you go to register a kid, you'll see that the, the United Methodist support of the camping ministry knocks 200 bucks off the cost right away. So w without the, uh, the apportioned dollars, the, the tied dollars, um, 
camp would already cost 200 bucks more a week for the average kid than it does. So right off the bat, that's, that's huge support. But like I said, most of our churches, um, many that, that can and some that really can't uh, make that, that support double it or triple it. Um, so that we have a significant number of churches that pay near or all of the cost of camp. So that that's really huge. Um, cost uh, continues to to rise. You know, insurance always gets more expensive. Uh, all of that. So I don't think there's anything surprising uh, about any of that. Let me let me turn to staffing though. You mentioned a couple of things about staffing. This was a tough year for staffing. Um, at the start of summer, we had thirty. Um, unfulfilled summer camp positions, which made it extremely tight everywhere. Uh, it was the really volunteers that stepped up and, and, and covered, a, covered a lot of that a gap. Um, and, and it was, you know, people that, that had normally, yeah, I'll, I'll give one week of camp, uh, ended up giving two or three or four. You know, and I, I, it amazes me. Some of these people that that have uh, given their time in this way, you know, you look at young professionals, some of which only get two weeks of vacation, and they're using both of them now um, to 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 come to camp and and minister to students. That just blows my mind. I just think, how how do people give it that? Like, I only have two weeks off the whole year, and I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in students with that time. That's amazing, and that's that's yeah. our the people in our, in our churches right there. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, it'd be a miss not to, not to, to, to just, again, say thank you, thank you to the volunteers. Cause in a normal summer, it takes us about, um, a, a solid 800 to 900 people willing to volunteer in a cabin with the kids. So that's nobody that's helps mow the grass or get the places ready or do the cleaning or cook the food or anything. That's just people willing to spend the time to be a counselor in a camp. That's a lot of people, right? I mean, that's just a lot of people. Where do you get, you know, 800 plus people willing to come and give a week of their time. And, and, and let's be honest, it's not easy staying for a week in a cabin with junior high kids. I, I did it this summer. <laughs> I had been a long time. And, uh, you know, I stayed in a, in a cabin down at Pine Creek with a group of kids and, and it's hard. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. It's hard, but it's also the most rewarding, fulfilling thing you'll probably ever do. I mean, there, there were a couple of kids in my cabin. I mean, I know I'll never see the the end of what camp meant to these kids, but I do know it changed their lives. We're going to stop the conversation right there. Thanks so much to Nick Yard for sharing with us his faith story. And, and Bishop Trimble and I both shared part of our faith development being so wrapped up in outdoor ministries. Such an important thing. And it's important right now as well. It's not just something in history. It's part of the church right now and what we can do and be involved with that. Now, I know that you heard Nick share a little bit there, just a couple of takeaways that I really want to hit on that it remains consistent that most people, if they come to faith before age 18, it will be a part of their life moving forward. And that is certainly the key part of the transformation role of the United Methodist Church is the transformation of lives from one without Christ to one with Christ as one of the best ways we can do that is get young people involved with uh, camping and outdoor ministries and retreat ministries, all that helps to sustain and grow our faith. And you heard that that is still the case, that we need these mountaintop-type experiences as a part of key faith development. You heard him talk a little bit about the challenges as well, but uh, I just really wanted you to hear that this really still 
matters. It matters right now, and you can always go, and we've got put links in our show notes at uh, tobeencouraged.com slash 043, where you can get hooked up to Outdoor Ministries. But just very simply, the website is beacamper.com, and you can go there and be a part of things and go to that similar thing than wherever you're listening to if you're not connected, uh, if you're not related to the state of Indiana. We do want to mention to you that our next episode, episode 044 with Nick, will be all about the future of outdoor ministries. Where are we going? What are the challenges? Uh, where is, what is this all about moving forward? And we're going to hear some great stories as well uh, about some testimonies about the power of outdoor ministries. Hope that you'll join us here on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble. Glad to have you with us. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, the co-host, and this is the podcast where we look to continue to offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world. So until next time, friends, remember to do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, Please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen, to be encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.